Welcome to New Money, I'm Brian Hurst this evening. We're once again focusing on hedge funds. The Handbook for Alternative Assets defines a hedge fund as an organized investment vehicle that manages a concentrated portfolio of securities and derivative instruments which can invest both long and short in the market. Similar to unit trust, hedge funds are pooled investment vehicles where investors entrust their money to fund managers who have a distinctive style of asset management. Joining this evening to try and make some sense of asset class is Gareth Montana from Corian Capital. Gareth, thank you very much for joining me. Evening, Brian. Gareth, we've been doing this program for some time and I still get so many clients asking me, one, should they be investing in hedge fund? Is it a separate asset class? How much should they be investing in a hedge fund? And then they said, please explain to me what a hedge fund actually is. I, in my opening, I spoke about long and short, but, but let's try and unpack because I think retail investors globally are investing in hedge funds, yep. and yet statistics reflect in South Africa, there's no real move into hedge funds, and yet it does give you that balance. So let's go slowly. So sure. firstly, is, the, is it a separate asset loss? So, I mean, it's an interesting question, and there are two, two schools of thought on this. An, an asset class is defined as a group of securities that exhibit similar character traits, similar, similar profiles, and also governed by similar rules. So, by that basis, hedge funds automatically tick that box. Where I think that the, the difficulty comes in is that hedge funds invest in the traditional asset classes, like equities, like cash, like bonds. So they're an investment vehicle that invests in those underlying asset classes, but they've got different different tools and mechanisms to deploy strategies. You mentioned going long and going short, and I think this is probably one of the main attributes that differentiates a hedge fund compared to a traditional fund. A traditional fund is long only. It can only buy markets. It can only buy equities. It can only buy commodities. Let's We're, stop there. Yeah. And investors can only achieve growth if the markets are moving up. Correct. Under a unit trust, a collective scheme, share portfolio. I mean, if we see markets coming off, investors obviously will lose some of the growth that they've achieved over the last number of years. 100%. There's always going to be great stock selection or picking different sectors that might outperform at certain times. But overall, if markets are going to underperform, it'll be very difficult for traditional long-only portfolios or unit trusts to outperform. What hedge funds do and what, what hedge fund managers can deliver, they have a mechanism in which we call shorting. And not to get too bogged down in what shorting is, but what we're, in, what we're saying is that if markets fall, these managers have the ability to short the market and potentially profit from downside. Now, a so lot of... Let me just stop you there. Yes. So short the market. So let's understand how you go about that. Uh, a lot of the long-only managers hold stocks. Correct. They hold the Billitons, the Anglos, the British Tobaccos, uh, the Naspers, the Richmond. They hold those stocks. Yes. They make their performance for their clients upside and dividend payments. 100%, yes. So a short manager, what will they actually do? So so what, what a manager who is shorting will do is these managers that you speak of are holding the stock and hold them for years, for decades a lot of the time. And what they do to enhance their returns further over and above the performance of dividends and the actual performance of the stock is that they go and lend their stock into the market. What a, short, a manager who can short does, they will borrow that, that stock and they will so they pay. They pay the institution a, a premium, fee. and it's it's not. A, and they got a, a big and they got to provide guarantees. Correct. Who they are. I mean, not anyone can just phone and manage. They lend me your stock. It's generally done through your stockbroker or prime broker. It's not something that's readily readily available to the retail investor. And it's also the, it also should be for the reserve of someone who's actually skilled in shorting. But what they will do is they will go and borrow that stock. And if there's a share that they don't like, let's say Anglo American, they don't own the stock. 
They don't like Anglo-American, and I'm just using Anglo-American as an example, and they decide that they want to profit with it going down. They will sell Anglo-American. But when you sell something, you need to deliver. And what they'll deliver into that is, that is the stock that they've borrowed. So they will deliver that stock that they've borrowed into the sale. They are now actually sitting what we call short the share. And what that means now is that if the share price were to fall, they would profit from that fall in the share price. If they shorted the share at 100 Rand and it fell to 90 Rand, they would then buy it back at 90 Rand and profit that 10 Rand. And that is what short selling Sorry, is. Buy back the stock, yes. give the shares back to the institution, Correct. and then they've made that profit. Yes. So now we'll be talking about everyone's, you know, this is the most unloved bull market I think there's ever been. Everyone is so nervous about this market. Yeah. So a hedge fund does, fi does find a balance within a portfolio to perhaps give you that buffer between the, the good returns you've had and the possibility of markets falling, other than selling your shares, paying capital gains tax, and being out of the market. Yes, so what you'll find, hedge funds still tend to be long but they're just not as long as traditional funds. So what you'll have is they will have positions that they like, that they will buy in a traditional manager. And, and, and a, traditional, a traditional equity manager will probably have a ranking list. And his top ranked shares, he will be overweight. His shares that are ranked in the, in, the, in the median, he will probably be equal weight. And shares that are at the bottom, at bottom of his ranking table, he will either be underweight or not own at all. What you'll probably find with hedge fund, with the long short equity hedge fund managers is at that lower segment, instead of not owning them, they will actually short those shares. So they'll have shares that they like, that they buy, but then they will try and profit from shares that they don't like. And that tends to mitigate some of the market risk. Okay, let's talk when we come back about liquidity, because obviously these managers can't short shares where there's no liquidity. But we're going to take a break. You're watching You and Your Money. This evening we're trying to demystify the whole thing about hedge funds. Stay tuned, we'll be back shortly. Welcome back to you and your money. I'm Brian Hurst. This evening we're discussing hedge funds. My guest is Gareth Montana, and you can call us on 011-280-5350. I'm also going to answer a lot of emails that came in since our last program, but you can still email me on brianh at bhca.co.za. If we don't get your emails this evening, I'll certainly answer them in the next segment. We've got an email from Liam in Heidelberg. He says, is there transparency in hedge funds when it comes to fees? But let's just hold on a second. When I went off air, we were talking about short and long we talk about shorting when you talk about shorting you talked about anglers using that purely as an example yes. obviously you can't go short where there's no liquidity you've got to be shorting the top stocks in the market yeah. where you can actually sell the share and buy them back i mean i know going back many many years i remember when i was first in the industry some guy shorted some liquor company and they got into a bear squeeze but this is professional i mean this is not just about something you know some people saying i'm going to sell that share, share short so it's got there's got to be liquidity yeah, and I think that's where the skill comes in shorting is that hedge fund managers are very familiar with the risk and liquidity of the instruments that they're trading in. So you will find that they will only short liquid counters. They can also short the index via uh, index futures, the Aussie future or the SWIX future. So it's not just specifically individual counters that they can short. They can short the broader market to put that hedge in into the hedge fund. So Gareth, if someone's long on the market and says, look, I'm feeling nervous about the market, but I don't want to get out of the market. I mean, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not a trader, yeah. but I still like to protect the upside 
they could go, I mean, going through a hedge fund, they're going to get that protection. That's, that is, in, in our view, what a hedge fund is there for. There are some hedge funds that are potentially racier and offer outsized returns, but a hedge fund's priority is to preserve capital when markets are falling and to still participate when markets are rising. And they do that by putting these hedge elements into their portfolio. Hedge your bet. Let me take Kevin. I got a Lee called while we were on break, but let me take Kevin. Lee, I will come to your question in a moment. Kevin, good evening. Go ahead with the question. Good evening, Brian. Um, I just want to know if uh, hedge funds, uh, can you apply leverage on hedge funds? Okay, super. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, let me, let, me, let me just come back to Lee's question. She says, why is there a mystique around hedge funds? So I think, I think the mystique comes, comes from the fact that hedge funds previously, prior to the transition into the regulated unit trust industry, were an unregulated structure. So hedge fund managers were regulated, but the, the actual hedge fund investment vehicle was in the form of a debenture structure or a partnership structure. So it wasn't readily available to the man on the street. So the strategies weren't clear, people weren't clear in terms of what the fees were, what the strategies were, and they tended to be for high net worth individuals and institutions. Now that they're more readily available, um, they are a bit more esoteric in terms of their strategies and a bit more difficult to understand than the traditional long only, but it's, it's not insurmountable and it's our job and what we want to do is try and educate the public as to the benefits of hedge funds. So I think the mystique, there's an element of mystique still there, but that will fall more and more by the wayside as advisors and investors become more familiar with the Okay, Kevin's question is about leverage, and leverage really is borrowing money to buy or sell shares. I mean, uh, are hedge funds in South Africa very leveraged? Yes, so, so they're not very leveraged, but they definitely do use gearing. So they don't, they don't, there's not external gearing outside of the hedge fund. They're using instruments that they can deploy gearing within the fund. And again, let's use Anglos as an example. Now, the same investor is bullish on Anglos. Um, instead of going and buying the Anglos if he's got 100 Rand to invest, instruments that you can trade, the likes of futures, the likes of contracts for difference, what that is, is in, is in essence you're putting down margin. The same way you'd put down a deposit to buy a house, and then the bank is lending money against that, and then you can in buy a geared amount of those Anglo-Americans. And one of the main tools that hedge fund managers use to enhance their returns is gearing. So if you are making 10% in a fund and you apply 50% gearing, you can make 15% in a year. Again, it's very, this is a very skilled investor. You need to understand that because obviously as your returns are amplified on the upside, so that gearing can affect your downside too. So managers have to be very aware of the exposure in the market, but they definitely use an element So Gareth, let's talk about performance. How have hedge funds done? So since their inception, South Africa, they've been go in South Africa, they've been going since the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, since the f or when the first hedge funds came to market, and hedge funds have performed exceptionally well. Um, during the 2008 crash, the hedge fund industry stood up well. Uh, I think the, the average index was maybe down around 4% when markets were down 20 to 30%. They then participated on the upside. Um, so we believe that the hedge fund industry has really done well. We've what they have managed to do is deliver returns but they've delivered them with lower risk and in an uncorrelated manner, which is what you're looking, from, looking for from a hedge fund. Because a, a hedge fund manager always says, we want to perform no matter what the market conditions are. Uh, can, is that possible? So uh, this, this, is, this is going to the, the crux of people understanding hedge funds. If you're in a raging bull market, your greatest returns are gonna come from equity markets and they're gonna come from equity managers. It will be very difficult for hedge funds to outperform 
long-only equity markets. The reason being is they've got this hedge in place. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a saying popularized by, by Milton Friedman, the economist, there's no such thing as a free lunch. If you're getting protection and hedging, it comes at a cost. And that cost is that your upside will be limited. You're not, you can't expect to protect your portfolio fully and then still participate 100% in a bull market rally. So hedge funds are there to offer smoother return profiles. They are there to preserve capital during difficult times in markets. And they certainly participate in, in market rallies, but they're never going to participate 100% in a market rally. Gareth, Corian's got a whole range of hedge funds. Yes. The question is you, your objective. I mean, what would you say? Beat inflation by on a consistent basis of what sort of is that is that an unfair question no no not at all so we've got different we've got we've got a number of different funds at the moment we're running four different hedge funds and our hedge funds range from a very conservative hedge fund which is is trying to do cash plus three to a hedge fund that that offers equity like risk and is trying to perform in in line with equity returns but at a lower risk so so the the short answer to your question is yes hedge funds do have certain risk profiles and risk return targets um, it varies because you get long short equity hedge funds you get fixed income hedge funds and within those strategies managers deploy different amounts of leverage different amounts of concentration but you can and and what we try and do and what a multi-strategy a multi-manager hedge fund does you can get a more defined return payoff profile because of your diversification you're mitigating risks and you can understand that risk more by by investing in different strategies so we we can we can understand we, we can get a very good grasp of the downside that we can expect in our portfolio and then hopefully our portfolios can deliver an upside too. Well, Ima from Marcus and Hootsplay says, what is the minimum investment one can make in the hedge fund industry and how do you purchase these? Obviously, you can't just go, you, you've got to use a professional. The best way through a fund. Yeah, so, so I mean... What's the minimum? What's the minimum? So, so there, are two, there are two investment hedge fund vehicles in South Africa. There's a qualified investor hedge fund and there's a retail investor hedge fund. Qualified, as the name implies, is reserved for investors who can demonstrate that they've got a knowledge in alternative investments as, as, and over and above that there's a minimum of a million rand per fund investment. The retail investor hedge fund on the other hand is open to the public. It is a retail fund and you can invest in a retail investor hedge fund as you will any other unit trust. Is it governed under the collective investment scheme? Correct. So the first funds were listed as unit trusts in March 2016 on the back of hedge fund, the business of hedge funds being declared that of collective investment scheme. So the, the, what, the name that the South Africans are more familiar with, unit trusts, that unit trust industry is where hedge funds now live. And how do you purchase them? You can purchase them directly, uh, as you will any other unit trust. You can go directly into, a and we're talking specifically the retail investor hedge fund. You can go directly into the into the, the hedge fund itself via the, the, the Manco, the unit trust Manco. Or your advisor can assist you where some people have advisors that are investing, investing via um, uh, you know, managing their balanced portfolios, etc., they can speak to the advisor. I'm sure the advisor will be able to guide them into whichever hedge funds that they feel appropriate for that investor. Well, we're going to take a break. You can still call me on 011-280-5350. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to New Money. My guest this evening is Gareth Montana. We're talking hedge funds. You can still call me on 011-280-5350. Email from Alan Janisberg. He says, the word hedge comes from hedging your bets. How do managers try to achieve growth and at the same time prefers capital. Is it possible? I think you sort of answered that. I mean, you've spoken about different types of hedge funds. You've spoken about Corian having four from the very conservative, a little bit more growth orientated. Yes. So, I mean, it is a question of, it's quite a question of reading the markets as well. Yeah. And, and, and are your hedge funds single manager or are they, are they multi-managers? So our, our hedge funds are multi-manager. Um, we believe in the multi-manager approach because we try and deliver a smoother return profile for all kinds of markets. Our premise being there that it's very difficult for an individual manager to perform all of the time in, in different market conditions. Um, you know, the, the question again, is a, it's a very good question. And I think, I think it goes broader than hedge funds. And it, it boils down to an investor understanding Understanding the risk associated with an underlying investment. Well, that's my next email from, you know, from Henry in Cape Town. And that's a great part. I just got back from Cape Town today. What are the primary risks that investors should be aware of? And how have hedge funds performed in South Africa? Yeah, so, so you've spoken about performance early on. From the early years, you said they perform exceptionally well. I mean, we're looking at the unit trust industry somewhere around about the, over the last 12 months, somewhere around about the 9, 10, 11 percent hedge funds. So fixed income hedge funds have done really well this year. Long short hedge funds have struggled a bit more. And I think, you know, again, this is where the multi-strategy approach comes in. Long short managers have, you know, they have been expressing their views. A lot of, a lot of the managers have, have found it difficult to buy the market and have, have had a lot of shorts in place whether it be because of the growth environment in South Africa, whether it be political, whether it be Brexit, whether it be Trump. There have been a lot, of, a, a lot of signals that have caused a lot of the long short managers to miss this, miss this rally as much. Some have participated. Um, but I think, I think you know, going back to the previous question as well as this question with regards to risk, you know, if, if you look back over the history of time, equity markets is the best performing asset class. But you're going to have scenarios to, the Great Depression crash, 87 crash, 2008 crash, dot-com bubble. So you're going to have these great returns, but you're going to have extreme dips during those periods. So what hedge funds are trying to do is trying to mitigate against those big falls, preserve capital. And, and when, it becomes, when it comes to risk-reward, the more conservative the fund, the more downside protection you're going to have, but then also you're not going to have outside re- returns. So it becomes a balance, and it also becomes the investor knowing what their ability and willingness is to take risk. Gareth, the equity market, unit trust industry, you can buy and sell at any stage you like. Hedge funds, do they have any limitations? So, so retail investor hedge funds are, are monthly, but there is a big move towards getting them to daily dealing at the moment. Qualified investor hedge funds are going to be on average also around monthly, but I, I think it's an exciting development that I think you'll see in the first quarter of next year, the first, uh, the first funds moving to daily dealing. So you'll be able to buy and sell it, it a, a hedge fund the same way you would any other unit trust or any other share. You're not going to be stuck in. I mean, in, in, in the crash of 2008, the, the real meltdown, people found that they suddenly were in hedge funds. They didn't understand hedge funds, that everyone was investing in them. I think of MAN, Global Hedge Fund, enormous business, and all of a sudden there was no liquidity whatsoever. Yeah, look, I think, I think internationally you're probably seeing hedge funds running a lot more gearing and a lot a lot broader strategies in the South African market. I think the South African market stood up really well in the crash. Um, there were very rare cases, I'm not even familiar with any cases, where there were liquidity issues. Um, any redemption, certainly within our business and our fund, any redemptions that were dealt with subsequently were 
investors receive their money on time. So I think the South African hedge fund industry is conservative by nature. It stood up well. It's been running since 2001. And I, I don't see any of those issues. You know, I think people need to realize when you're going to the market, you, you know, the, the word growth, you're taking a bit of risk to grow your capital. The, the last two letters of that word is T and H. You've got to have time and you've got to hold. And I think the same with hedge funds. It's not about cash. You want to have, you want no risk. You need the money in a short period of time, stay in cash. Email from Louise in Durban says, over the past few years, the larger hedge fund managers seem to have gone bigger and any growth in assets has been felt at the top end of the food chain. Is this good for the industry and how does this impact on performance? You know, the large funds getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the small people starting to participate. Look, I think, I think that's an accurate um, uh, assertion that there certainly has been a proliferation of assets to larger managers. Um, it's never good for any industry, whatever it is, to have a concentration to a few big managers or a, a few large Like industries. we've got in the unit trust industry. You've got Investec, you've got Coronation, you've got Alan Gray. Enormous amounts of that. I, I would imagine they make up nearly probably a third or maybe even 40% of the, I think, 2.2 trillion in the unit trust industry. But there are still a lot of emerging managers coming through, and there are a lot larger assets in the emerging managers in the long-only space than there are in hedge fund managers. Not to say that there aren't emerging managers. Um, Corian, as a house, as a multi-manager, we invest in these large managers, but we also see the benefits of smaller managers and have, have a distinct allocation to emerging managers. We believe that emerging managers are, are more nimble, can get around the market a lot easier, often more aligned uh, interests in terms of performance fees when they're smaller have to perform um, you know so we, we think it's a combination of both you, you definitely need bigger managers but these emerging market emerging managers are critical for it's the like industry. unit trust industry because if you think about it, the last 300 unit trusts have been breakaways from people who managed assets within these large fund managers have set up their own operations they've seen the opportunities there they can move much more you know there's a lot of maneuverability compared to some of the large managers yeah. and, I th and I think that's exactly what's happened with our emerging managers and that's why we've got such a talented hedge fund industry is that these managers who have been in the big institutions have backed themselves to go on their own, have built that skill set in the big institutions and are now managing the smaller money and have done exceptionally well. So Gareth, there is an email coming up and because we, I'm scared we're running out of time, I'm going to go to it, I'm not going to go to the, but I, I remember reading it, it says, how does a long only manager suddenly become negative and bullish, I mean, and, and start selling short. I mean, what training? I mean, I think about, I mean, I've been bullish all my life. I've been in this industry over 50 years. And even though there have been the dips, I've still been bullish and said to people, take time, hold your investments. If you've got quality, it'll recover. And over the, those 50 years, it always has recovered. We saw it happen in 2008, 2009, and there may be some dips now if you're holding quality. How do you suddenly, as a manager, suddenly you've got this long-term view about how good equities are, how do you suddenly become a short-term manager and you start, start selling short? So I, I think, I think there's, there's a big distinction about hedging and, and being bearish. There are some managers who are very bearish. But there are, I, I don't know of any fund in South Africa that runs a short bias. Internationally, there might be a fund that runs a short bias. But in South Africa, these funds are long, but they're using shorting as a hedging mechanism. They're using shorting in specific pockets to make money from individual positions. So yes, there is definitely a psyche around shorting. There, there is a skill around shorting, but it doesn't mean you have to become a bear. 
because you're shorting and putting hedges in a portfolio. And I alluded earlier to the ranking list of an equity manager. So what you're doing is you're giving someone an extra tool to profit. If they think a company is really poorly run and it's at the bottom of their ranking table and they think the price is going to fall, why not profit from it? No, I mean, if you think about unit trust manager, you said, I've had enough of that share, I'm selling that share. He thinks the sh he's selling the share because it's reached this peak, he thinks it's going to come down. Correct. So you're saying there's an opportunity there, borrow some script, sell short, and maybe you'll not only cap your profits, but you'll make some profits on the way down. Potentially, yes. Um, I, I had one there, w one email from Tony, and he just asked the question: Are, the, are hedge funds regulated in South Africa? Yes. So as we have, we've alluded to, hedge funds are now governed under Collective Investment Scheme Act. Two two hedge fund vehicles: retail investor hedge funds and qualified investor hedge funds. Okay. So when we talk about protection, are investors fully protected in the same way as they are under the unit trust industry? Same protection. So the hedge fund managers have been regulated since 2007. You need a CAT 2A license issued by the Financial Services Board. Now we've got a regulated structure. Not even in the United States, which is the biggest hedge fund market in the world, is there a regulated structure. Their hedge funds are private are private vehicles, you need to be a qualified and approved investor to invest in hedge funds. In South Africa, we've now got a regulated he uh, hedge fund vehicle. We're at the forefront of regulation. It's a great development. Well, the ability of hedge funds to make use of, of derivative instruments and more complex investment strategies is what differentiates them from unit trusts and other simpler investment vehicles. The mandate of each hedge fund will set out the investment strategy and determine what the fund can and cannot do. Hedge funds should not be ignored when defining your asset allocation. They often, as Gary said, offer a buffer between cash and growth strategies because whilst they're looking to beat inflation, they also have one main goal, and that is to preserve capital invested. My advice is, before you do anything, please talk to your financial advisor and make sure you understand what you're doing and what a hedge fund is about. Gary, thank you for joining me this evening. Right. It's important to note our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week, we'll once again be focusing on the investment world, and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching, and good night.